You are now listening to Mark's Unexplained World by Mark the Medium from Hinkley Community Radio, a non-profit podcast radio station. Tonight's episode is about the mass murderer, Andreas Lubitz. So over to you, Mark. German Wings Flight 9525 was a scheduled international passenger flight travelling from Barcelona El Prat Airport in Spain to Dusseldorf Airport in Germany. The flight was operated by a low-cost carrier that was owned by the German airline Lufthansa. On the 24th of March 2015, German Wings Flight 9525 crashed 100 kilometres northwest of Nice in the French Alps. The crash was deliberately caused by the co-pilot, Andreas Lubitz, who had previously been treated for poor mental health, primarily with suicidal tendencies, and so he was declared unfit to work by his doctor. However, Andreas Lubitz kept this information from his employer and instead reported for duty in the usual way. Shortly after the Airbus had reached cruise altitude and while the captain was out of the cockpit, Andreas Lubitz locked the cockpit door and initiated a controlled descent that continued until the aircraft finally hit a mountainside. All 144 passengers and all six crew members were killed instantly. Greetings, unexplainers. Thank you for tuning in again and listening to the paranormal world's answer to dark matter that is Mark's Unexplained World. My name is Mark Hughes. I'm a psychic medium, a true crime buff, and a man who is so full of bits of trivia that that alone is a point not really worth knowing. And in this episode, I'm going to tell you about the story surrounding the mass murderer Andreas Lubitz. And this week's necessary disclaimer... This story is a tale that sadly involves mass murder, mental health and an airline tragedy, so may prove upsetting to some. And as with all my podcasts, you listen at your own discretion. Also, all opinions and comments are strictly my own, but the facts of the case still remain. I also apologise if I pronounce anything incorrectly. My English, although it is my first and only language, is now going through a teenage phase and hates me and thinks everyone in the world is against it. So sit back, relax, as we go into this week's story. First, let's take a look at the aircraft and the crash itself. German Wings Flight 9525 took off 
from one runway 07R at Barcelona El Prat Airport on the 24th of March 2015 at 10.01am Central European Time, or CET. It was at that point running behind schedule by about 26 minutes. The flight was due to arrive at Dusseldorf Airport in Germany by 11.39 CET. According to the French National Civil Aviation Inquiries Bureau and the Bureau of Inquiry and the Analysis of, for Civil Aviation Safety, or the BEA, the pilots confirmed their instructions from the French Air Traffic Control at 10.30 a.m. CET. At 10.31 a.m. Central European Time, after crossing the French coast near Toulon, the aircraft then, without any approval, left its, aligned, sorry, left its assigned cruising altitude at 38,000 feet and began to descend very rapidly. After its descent and subsequent loss of radio contact, the air traffic controller in France declared that German Wings Flight 9525 was in distress. The radar observed an average descent rate of around 3,400 feet per minute, meaning that the descent time from 38,000 feet was only about 10 minutes. Any attempts by the French air traffic control to contact German Wings Flight 9525 on the assigned radio frequency were answered with nothing but breathing from Andreas Lubitz and static. It was then decided by the French air traffic control that a French military Mirage jet would scramble from the Orange Karata Air Base to intercept the craft. On a quick interesting side note, the French military Mirage jet, or the Dassault Mirage 2000, is a French multi-role single-engine fourth-generation jet fighter manufactured by Dassault Aviation. Over 600 of the aircraft were built, and it has since been in service with nine nations. And the Orange Carita Air for Air, try that one again, the Orange Carita Air Base is a French Air and Space Force base in Vaucluse in France. It is equipped with one runway and was named after Moray de Seines. I think that's right, a, a French Z Soviet aircraft pilot. It is located five kilometres, or three miles, east of Orange, a commune in the Vaucluse department of the Provence Alps Côte d'Azur region in France. Radar contact with German wings from 9525 was lost at 10.40 a.m. Central European Time. At the time of the lost contact, Flight 9525 had descended to 6,175 feet, eventually crashing into the remote commune of Pro Prozhor Melon 
about 100 kilometers, that's 62 miles, northwest of Nice. A seismological station that usually carries out the study of earthquakes with the Sesmalp network at the Grenoble Observatory for Sciences of the, Univer of the Universe, which is located 7.5 miles from the crash site, recorded the seismic event, determining the impact time as 10.41.05 a.m. Central European Time. The, Gr the Grenoble Observatory for Sciences of the Universe, or OSUG for short, is an astronomical observatory in France that is attached to the Grenoble Alps University. OSUG engages in scientific studies related to all aspects of the universe, the earth and environmental systems. The USUG federates 1100 members in six separate research units. Five of them are associated research teams and two of them are joint service units that are mostly located on the St. Martin de Hague campus near Grenoble. The Grenoble Observatory for Sciences of the Universe was created on the 26th of November in 1985 by governmental decree. The crash site was within the massive Detroit Avish, which is located three kilometers east of the settlement, Lavernay, and beyond the road of the Col de Moriad in an area known as Raven de Rose. Flight 9525 crashed on the southern side of the Tete du Traverse, which is a minor peak in the lower western slopes of the Tete de l'Estrope at an elevation of 1,550 metres. The aircraft was travelling at 380 knots or 435 miles per hour when it crashed into the mountainside. The site was only about 10 kilometres west of Mount Caimet, where Air France Flight 178 crashed on the 1st of September back in 1953. And on an interesting side note, on the 1st of September 1953, an Air France Lockheed L749 Constellation flight registered in France as F-BAZZ Flying Flight 178 crashed into the Pellat Massif in the French Alps near Barcelona on the first stage of its flight between Orly Airport and Nice Airport. All 42 people on board were killed, which was made up of nine crew and 33 passengers. Amongst the passengers that died included the French violinist Jake Thibault and the French pianist René Herbin. The National Law Enforcement Forces of France, the uh, Gendarmerie Nationale and the Civil Defence Agency of the French government, the Sécurité Civile, both sent out helicopters to the Tête de Traverse to locate the wreckage of Flight 9525. The aircraft had pretty much completely disintegrated and the largest piece of wreckage 
found being the size of an average car. The personnel from one of the helicopters which landed near the crash site confirmed that there were no survivors. And the search and rescue teams also reported that the Airbus debris field covered approximately 500 acres. After this first short break, in part two, we will look at some of Andrea Lubit's background and a few more details regarding the crash site. This show is brought to you courtesy of Neil Packer and the Haunted Antiques Paranormal Research Centre. Find them online at www.hauntedresearchcentre.com or at 911 Regent Street, Hinkley, LE10-1AW. Open on Saturdays from 10am to 4pm for guided tours of the haunted rooms at just £3 per person. Booking is essential at all times and over 16s only please unless accompanied by an adult. The haunted rooms are extremely haunted and paranormal activity could and has taken place at any time. Some areas and particular objects or items can be quite scary and unnerving. Membership is available for £25 to qualify for selective offers. And why not download the app available on both iOS and Android for only £3.99 to keep up to date with what is coming up at the centre. Andreas Lubitz was a young co-pilot who was born on the 18th of December 1987. He first took to the skies when he was about 14 years old by joining the LSC Westerwald Glider Club, which was situated back in his hometown of Montabaur in West Germany, before finally fulfilling his ambition of becoming a professional air pilot. According to club chairman Klaus Rake, it was at the LSC Westerworld where Andreas first learned to fly in a sleek white ASK 212-seater aircraft and then he went on to obtain his full flying license. Andreas Lubitz lived at his parents' home in Montabaur, a small town not far from Frankfurt. His father, Gwentha Lubitz, worked as a banker and his mother, was a church organist. He was also known as a keen runner, competing in several races. 
Andreas Lubitz was described by his friends and neighbours as a quiet but fun-loving character who very much enjoyed his job. In 2007, at about the age of 20, he graduated from high school and was accepted as a Lufthansa trainee pilot the following year enrolling at the company's training school in Bremen, Germany. According to Lufthansa CEO Carsten Spohr, Andreas Lubitz had a break in training that lasted several months. However, Carsten Spohr refused to disclose the reason for this break in training and added that Andreas Lubitz was substantially, sorry, I'll try that one again, was suitably reassessed and had resumed his studies. However, the final report to the investigation of the air crash found out that the interruption was caused by medical problems. It was found that during his treatment he suffered a serious depressive episode and went on to, de to receive treatment for it for about a year and a half. During his depressive episode, it was found that he had considered suicide, but, however, after a time, he was eventually declared healthy and fit for work. His doctor recommended that he needed a special regular medical inspection and that his medical certificates would only be valid for a maximum of one year at a time. All notifications of Andreas Lubitz's medical problems were added to both his aviation authority file as well as to his pilot's license records. Andreas Lubitz returned to the Lufthansa school in the August of 2009. He then moved to the United States in the November of 2010 to continue his training at the Lufthansa Airline Training Center in Goodyear, Arizona. From June in 2011 to the December of 2013, Andreas Lubitz joined Lufthansa's low-budget airline, Germanwings, initially working as a flight attendant before starting his role as a co-pilot. His duties at the time would have included communicating with air traffic controllers, monitoring instruments and sharing control of the aircraft with the captain. One of his other duties would have included being expected to steer the plane during the pilot's breaks or if they became ill. According to the German newspaper Bild, in an interview from 2015, a former girlfriend of Andreas Lubitz, who only identified herself as Mary W, said that he had told her, and I quote, One day I will do something that will change the whole system, and then all will know my name and remember it. She also added, and I quote, I never knew what he meant. But now it makes sense. She had also told the Build newspaper that Andreas Lubitz took a break in his training due to reported, 
burnout syndrome and had suffered nightmares that and that his behavior had scared her also adding and i quote at night he woke up screaming we're going down because he had nightmares he knew how to hide from other people what was really going on inside In the autumn of 2014, Andreas Lubitz returned to the LSC Westerwald Glider Club to renew his glider's licence. Fellow glider club member Klaus Raid told the press that he had seen Lubitz the day he returned to the club. Klaus Raid also said, and I quote, He seemed very enthusiastic about his career. I can't remember anything where something wasn't right. Another member of the Glider Club, a long-time member, was a Peter Rucker, who, who also insisted that Lubert seemed very happy during their last club meeting. Peter Rucker said, and I quote, I'm just speechless. He continued, I don't have any explanation for this. Knowing Andreas, this is just inconceivable for me. A German criminal investigation into the crash concluded in the January of 2016 that Andreas Lubitz bore sole responsibility for the crashing of the German Wings flight jet 9525 in the March of 2015. On the Airbus final flight, it was carrying 144 passengers and six crew two pilots and four cabin crew members from at least 18 different countries with most of them being from Germany and Spain. However, the count was confused by the multiple citizenship status of some of the passengers. Among the passengers were 16 students and two teachers from the Joseph Coney Gymnasium of Halton am See, North Rhine, Westphalia, who were returning home from a student exchange with the Gaiola Institute in Lenars del Vales, Barcelona. The mayor of Halton, a Mr. Bodo Klimpel, described the crash as, and I quote, the darkest day in the history of Halton town. Also on the flight were bass baritone Oleg Brajak and contralto Maria Radner, singers with the Dolce Oper Amrain. The French Bureau of Inquiry and Analysis for Civil Aviation Safety, or the BEA, opened an investigation into the crash. It was also joined by its German counterpart, the Federal Bureau of Aircraft Accident Investigation, or the BFU. The BEA investigation was led by an Arnold Desjardins and was assisted by the United States Federal Bureau of Investigation, or you guessed it, the FBI. Hours after the crash, the French BEA sent seven investigators to the site. And these investigators were in turn accompanied by representatives from both Airbus and CFM International. 
And on an interesting side note, CFM International is an aircraft engine manufacturer based in Cincinnati, US. The company is a joint venture between GE Aerospace and Safran Aircraft Engines, who were formerly known as SNECMA. It was originally formed to build and support the CFM56 series of turbofan engines. The company is a large supplier of commercial aircraft engines, delivering to date more than 37,500 of its engines to more than 570 operators. As of 2019, it holds 39% of the world's commercial aircraft engine market share. The cockpit voice recorder from the German Wings Flight 9525 jet was recovered by the rescue workers and examined by the investigation team and although it was damaged it was still functional. The following week after the crash Bryce Robin who was the government prosecutor based in Marseille which is the prefecture of the French department of Bouches de Rhone announced that the flight data recorder or what used to be known as the black box had been found and although it had been blackened by the fire, it was still usable. Also, the investigators were able to isolate 150 sets of DNA, which, which were compared with the DNA of the victims' families. Just before we go into our second break, let's talk about the flight recorders in general. The flight recorder is an electronic recording device placed in an aircraft for the purpose of facilitating the investigation of aviation accidents and incidents. The device may often be referred to as a black box. This is considered to be an outdated name as they are now required to be painted bright orange to aid in their recovery after accidents. There are two type of flight recording devices. The flight data recorder, or the FDR, preserves the recent history of the flight through the recording of dozens of parameters collected several times per second. And the cockpit voice recorder, or the CVR, which preserves the recent history of the sounds in the cockpit, including the conversation of the pilots. The two devices are then combined into a single unit and together the FDR and CVR objectively document the aircraft's flight history which may assist in any later investigation. After this second short break, in our last part we will look at the findings of the investigation into the crash and the consequences and aftermath to the airline's victims' families. Fright Nights was established in 1999 as the first company in the world to offer overnight ghost hunt experiences to the general public pioneering paranormal events since the last century. Fright Nights operate at hundreds of the UK's most haunted and exclusive venues. 
all events have their own team of experienced paranormal investigators, mediums and psychics. They have a VIP members club for regular returning guests, offering loyalty discounts and exclusive invitation only events. They can also host private events for your family and friends. You can contact them on 07 852 998 628 or email them at office at frightnights.co.uk or take a look at their website at www.frightnights.co.uk where you can see the many locations they investigate and learn about them and the opportunities they have available. Hundreds of ghost hunters join Fright Nights every month for the most thrilling ghost hunting experiences they'll never forget. If you haven't been on a ghost hunt before, then why not join them to see what it's all about? Why not visit their social media sites for up-to-date information on all the places they visit and to see what's coming up in the future? They look forward to seeing you all soon. Fright Nights Ghost Hunting Events Remember, only the original will do. According to both the French and German prosecutors, the Flight 9525 crash was deliberately caused by the co-pilot Andreas Lubitz. The government prosecutor Bryce Robin said that Lubitz was courteous to Captain Soddenheimer during the first part of the flight, then became curt when the captain began the mid-flight briefing on the planned landing at Dusseldorf Airport in Germany. Bryce Robin also said that when Captain Soddenheimer left the cockpit, probably to use the toilet, Andreas Lubitz locked the cockpit door behind him, thus preventing anyone, sorry, thus preventing anyone else from entering to oh, I'll try that one again, sorry. Uh, Andreas Lewitz locked the cockpit door behind him, thus preventing anyone else from entering to join him. I knew I'd get there in the end. Captain Soddenheimer did have a code to unlock the door with the keypad, but the locked code panel was disabled by Andreas Lubitz from the cockpit controls inside. Having realised that he couldn't gain access to the cockpit through the door, the captain then requested re-entry using the intercom, but he received no response. Captain Soddenheimer then started banging and knocking on the cockpit door, but again, there was no reply. The captain then tried to break down the cockpit door, but like most cockpit doors that were made after the September the 11th attacks, it had been reinforced to prevent any intrusion. During Flight 9525's descent, the co-pilot Andreas Lubitz did not respond to any of the questions coming from the Marcel Air Traffic Control, nor did he transmit any distress calls. The government prosecutor, Bryce Robbins, said, and I quote, Contact from the air traffic control tower, the captain's attempt to break in and Lubitz's steady breathing were audible on the cockpit voice recording. He also added, and I quote, 
The screams of passengers in the last moments before impact were also heard on the recording. Three days after the crash, the German detectives searched Andreas Lubitz's Montebor home and removed his computer along with various other items for testing. The German detectives didn't find any suicide note at his home, nor any other evidence that his actions had been motivated by either political or religious reasons. However, during their search, German detectives did find a letter written by his doctor, indicating that he had been declared unfit for work. German wings stated that they had not received any sick note from Andreas Lubitz for the day of the flight. Various news accounts said Andreas Lubitz was, and I quote, hiding an illness from his employers. I must point out here that under German law, employers do not have the right to access any employee's medical records. And only, I'm sorry, and any sick notes excusing people from work do not give any information about the medical conditions of the employees. So employers must rely on the employees to declare if they are fit for work or not. The following day, the German detectives again returned to and searched Andreas Lubitz's home where they found concrete evidence that he was suffering from a psychosomatic illness and that he was also taking prescription drugs. And on a short but interesting side note, a psychosomatic illness is classed as a disease that involves both mind and body. It refers to physical symptoms that are caused or worsened by mental factors such as stress or anxiety. A psychosomatic illness is not imaginary or fake, but a real physical condition that has a psychological origin or influence and thankfully much more recognition, sorry, and thankfully more recognised in today's society. Criminal investigators in Germany said that Andreas Lubitz's web searches on both his tablet and computer in the days leading up to Flight 9525's crash included ways to commit suicide and cockpit doors and their security provisions. The government prosecutor, Bryce Robin, said that the doctors had told Andreas Lubitz that he should not have been flying but... As I mentioned earlier in this podcast, medical secrecy requirements in Germany prevented his doctor from making this information available to the bosses at German Wings. BEA investigator Arnold Desjardins said, and I quote, Such secrecy should consider public safety first. The continuing investigation into Andreas Lubitz revealed that his treatment for suicidal tendencies prior to his training at a commercial, as a commercial pilot was due to the side effects of the treatment he was under for psychotic depression. For years, Andreas Lubitz had frequently been unable to sleep because of what he believed were vision problems. For years, 
Over time, he had consulted with over 40 doctors due to his fear that he was going blind. Being motivated by the fear that blindness would cause him to lose his pilot's license, he began online research about methods of committing suicide before deciding to crash the German Wings Flight 9525 jet. After their initial analysis of the aircraft's flight data recorder, or black box, the BEA concluded that Andreas Lubitz had made con flight control inputs that had led to the crash. First, he had set the autopilot to descend to 100 feet, or 30 meters, and then accelerated the speed of the descending 9525 jet several times afterwards. With mounting pressure on the airline to find out the results into what caused the crash, the BEA preliminary report was published just six weeks later on the 6th of May 2015. The report confirmed that the initial analysis of the aircraft's flight data recorder had revealed that during the earlier outbound flight of 9524, on which Andreas Lubitz was also acting as first officer from Dusseldorf Airport to Germany, in Germany to Barcelona El Prat Airport in Spain, he had practiced setting the autopilot altitude dial to 100 feet several times while the captain was out of the cockpit. The BEA's final report into the crash was published on the 13th of March 2016. The report confirmed the findings, findings that had been made in the preliminary report and that concluded that Andreas Lubitz had deliberately crashed the German Wings flight 9525 as a suicide. The report stated, and I quote, The collision with the ground was due to the deliberate and planned action of the co-pilot who decided to commit suicide while alone in the cockpit. The process for medical certification of pilots, in particular self-reporting in case of a decrease in medical fitness between two periodic medical evaluations, did not succeed in preventing the co-pilot, who was experiencing mental disorder with psychotic symptoms from exercising the privilege of his license. The French minister, Bernard Cazeneuve, announced that due to the violence of the impact, little hope existed that any survivors would be found. The then Prime Minister, Manuel Valls, dispatched Bernard Cazenova to the crash site and set up a ministerial task force to coordinate the response to the incident. Lufthansa Chief Executive Officer Carsten Spohr visited the crash location the day following the crash. He said it was, and I quote, the darkest day for Lufthansa in its 60 year history. Several German Wings flights were cancelled on the 24th and 25th of March that year due to the pilots' grief at the loss of their fellow pilots and work colleagues. 
In the days following the crash, Lufthansa at first said it saw no reason to change its procedures. Seriously? God. But then, but then it did withdraw its earlier statement by introducing a new policy across its airlines, requiring the following. The presence of two crew members must be in the cockpit at all times. But by 2016, the European Union Aviation Safety Agency, or the EASA, stopped recommending the two-person rule and instead advised airlines to, to perform a risk assessment and to decide for themselves whether to implement it or not. Talk about backtracking. Germanwings and other German airlines actually dropped the procedure in 2017. The German Wings parent company, Lufthansa, offered the victims' families an initial aid payment of up to 50,000 euros, separate from any legally required compensation for the disaster. A professor of aviation law at the Technical University of Berlin, and Elmer Guamalia, quoted by the major German regional daily newspaper, Rheinschau Post, is that Rheinschau Post, said he expected the airline would probably pay a total of between 10 to 30 million euros in compensation. The Montreal Convention, which is a convention for the unification of certain rules for international carriage by air, sets a per victim cap of 143,000 euros. In the, event, in the event that an airline is held liable unless negligence can be proven. The insurance specialist said that although co-pilot Andreas Lubitz hid a serious illness from his employer and deliberately crashed the German Wings Flight 9525 jet, these facts would not affect the issue of compensation nor be applicable to the exclusion clause in Lufthansa's insurance policy. Lufthansa's insurance company set aside 300 million US dollars. That's 280 million euros, which is about 242 million pounds, for financial compensation to both the victims' families and for the cost of the aircraft. By 2017, Lufthansa Airlines had paid 75,000 euros, that's about 65,000 pounds, to the family of every victim, as well as 10,000 euros for pain and suffering compensation to every close relative of one of the victims. Soon after the incident, a memorial stone in memory of the victims was erected near the crash site in Le Venet. And in the following month, about 1,400 relatives of victims, senior politicians, rescue workers and airline employees attended a memorial service at Cologne Cathedral. The parents of Andreas Lubitz were invited to the service, however they decided not to attend.
The remains of 15 of the 16 school children, plus their two teachers, who were on Flight 9525, arrived in their hometown of Holton for burial two months after the crash. Residents at the town held, sorry, residents at the town held white roses as the hearses passed the children's school where 18 trees, one for each victim, had been planted as a memorial. Meanwhile, in Dusseldorf, on the same day, the remains of 44 of the 72 German victims arrived for burial. And in September 2017, a sculpture called Sonnenkugel, which, when translated into English, means sun sphere, was installed at the site of the crash. The sculpture itself consists of 149 coloured aluminium plates, which form a sphere around a crystal-shaped column. The column holds 149 wooden spheres, spheres, sorry, which in turn told, sorry, which in turn hold personal mementos provided by the family members of the victims. On the 24th of March in 2017, two years after the crash, the Lubitz family held a press conference in Berlin. Andreas Lubitz's father, Gunter Lubitz, said that the family did not accept the official investigation's findings, stating that his son had deliberately caused the Airbus crash or that he had been depressed at the time. At the press conference in Berlin, he made his doubts public. He claimed that his son did have depression in 2008, but overcame the illness at least six years before the crash. And in 2014 and 2015, he did have frequent visits to the doctor, but only because of his eye problems. His father continued to say that his son had been a life-affirming person in the six years before the crash, and that they too were looking for answers. Andreas Lubitz's father also said that they were too stunned by the tragedy. Aviation journalist Tim Van Beveren published a report which asserted that Andreas Lubitz could have possibly fallen unconscious and that the cockpit door lock had malfunctioned on previous flights and that potentially dangerous turbulence had been reported in the area on the same day that the German Wings flight 9525 had crashed. The journalist Van Beveren had been commissioned by the Lubitz family and was also present at the press conference. The timing of the press conference by the Lubitz family on the anniversary of the crash was heavily criticised by the families of the victims who were holding their own service of remembrance on that day. Andreas's father, Gunter Lubitz, said at the press conference in Berlin that he specifically chose this date to be heard. Thank you all for taking the time out to listen to this episode of Mark's Unexplained World. In our next episode, show 66, 
we are going to be looking at the Kozrev mirror. A Kozrev mirror in Russian esoteric literature from the 1990s is a pseudo-scientific device made from long sheets of aluminium, sometimes from glass or a reflecting mirror-like material curled into a cylindrical spiral. It is alleged to focus different types of radiation, including that coming from biological objects when those objects are placed inside it. Cosrev mirrors were used in experiments related to extrasensory perception, or ESP, conducted in the Institute of Experimental Medicine of Siberia, the division of the Russian Academy of Sciences. This show was written and researched by myself, Mark Hughes, and proofread and edited by Linda Hughes. The actors in this episode were Mark Hughes, Linda Hughes and Denise Pula. With special thanks to Neil Packer and the staff at the Haunted Antiques Paranormal Research Centre in Hinckley. And a big thanks to everyone for listening. Mark's Unexplained World, because there's more the third eye. And remember guys, keep it real, because being real is better than being perfect. This show and all its contents are covered by the basic copyright of Mark the Medium.